Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. shit like on, on mic people who are listening to the podcast or the, the radio show whatever you want to call it uh, but i sipped some water during the intro and it went down the wrong pipe and i was trying not <laughs> to gag so everyone on the facebook live feed got to see me kind of go like so uh thanks for tuning in uh facebook live um uh, if you want to hear the broadcast uh, you know put on the facebook live you can listen to us on blog talk blog blog talk radio.com I can't talk tonight. It's been a long time. <laughs> BlogTalkRadio.com slash The Ken Reedy Show or The Ken Show.com. You can listen to the broadcast. You can give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call if you'd like to talk. We're going to hit like wrestling. Uh, hopefully, we're going to talk some politics, maybe even local politics. Um, not a lot of stuff to talk about, man. I feel like we, oh, yeah. we, we took a... We took a few months off, and then, uh, you know, all hell broke loose. So, uh, you know, lots of stuff to talk about. But before we get into all of that, um, i going to introduce my tag team partner, who is there in studio, which is awesome, Rocky Santiago. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Ken. It's good to be here after a extended hiatus of the Ken Reedy Show. But uh, like you said, Ken, like you alluded to, a lot of stuff going on in the world both in the, uh, in the real, in the quote unquote real world and in the world of professional wrestling. So uh, I think we should jump in with both. Yeah, man, it's, it's so weird, man. Like, I mean, we had, and it was extended hiatus and thank you all for tuning in and, and jumping back on. Like I love seeing the comments on the Facebook live. Um, like we had like our, our central air in our, our house went. So the, the studio was essentially a sauna. So, and it was August, so we're like, yeah, let's, let's just take a bit of hi- hiatus. And then other things happened, and th- it was just kind of, well, I guess it's an extended hiatus. So um, we are back. Um, lots of stuff to get into. First off, I actually do want to get into um, Pete Alonzo, New York Mets. 
Holy cow, man. I mean, the rookie record set the single season rookie record for home runs last night at, at 53 home runs in a single season. Unbelievable. And, and just to see, you know, it's fine. I don't know about you. I mean, I know you're a Yankee fan. Um, you know, as you get older, you know, as you're a kid, you, you kind of look at your, your team and, and you always have to have your favorite player. Who's your favorite sure. player? You know, you go into school, elementary school, is your favorite player? My favorite player, my favorite player, my favorite player, my favorite player is Gary Cuddle. Mine is Keith Hernandez. You know, and you, and, but as you get older, you root for your team. Yeah. There are certain incarnations of your team. Maybe you don't have a favorite player. You still root for your team, but there's not a player there that really jumps out at you. Um, man, like like a rookie year, like I'm like this kid's gonna be my favorite player. I, I, he's just you know comes in. Um, first off, he seems to be, and I don't think he's a good enough actor to, to pretend. Seems to be proud to be a Met, which is. As, as a Met fan, as, as being, you know, most of the time the second-class citizens in, in this area, uh, to have a player who is, yeah, I'm a Met. I'm a Met. And, and Met fans are, are the best fans in, in New York and the best fans in baseball. And then, like, and this is the uniform I want to be wearing. And this is where I want to do special things. is really kind of cool. And how do you script a better season than this? Aside, unless they went to the postseason. That would be it. But, yeah. Uh, Wins the, the home run derby, sets goes on to hit 40, then 50 home runs, sets the National League record, then sets the all-time rookie record. Um, unbelievable. It, it just it, 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 And it goes to how frustrating it is to be a Mets fan because the Mets are – they're going to set the single-season rookie record. He's most likely going to win rookie of the year. DeGrom is going to probably win Cy Young, and they don't go to the postseason. Well, yeah, look, I, I know you have your share of frustrations in being a Met fan. And, look, I, I'm not one of the New York fans that I, I am a Yankee fan. I do love my Yanks. And, yes, I will rib Met fans every once in a while for being Met fans. But I am also one of those guys, look, if New York wins, New York wins. I'm on board with New York winning. I'm a hometown team type of guy. And I think it's important, you know, say what you will, to have that team pride. And it's always good to see to hear a player say, you know, even if you're, you know, dirt last in the league, uh, to say, you know what, this is my team. These are the colors I wear. I'm proud to be on this team. It, it, that's quite refreshing. And to have a rookie year as he had, you know, I, I can say, I, I can see that twinkle in your eye that you have hope for yeah. the future of the Mets. And uh, th- this is a man that will probably usher in that future. And to see a kid who's like, he's got that leadership quality about him like he's got he's got like that it factor like no disrespect I mean Aaron Judge is a tremendous ball player there he is. I, I don't I don't see that it leadership spark in him and I don't think a lot of players have it I don't know if the Yankees have like as long as he's smacking the oh yeah ball, I don't no, care. Great, great power hitter but they're those, those special players that you look at and you're like no you're you're a leader yeah, yeah. um and I don't, I'm not a Yankee fan, so I don't know who that is on the Yankees. And, and maybe they don't have anybody. Maybe it's just a, a collective. Because some teams don't have that one guy who is, like, a, a leader type. Um, you know, the Mets for a while, like David Wright, was had that leader quality about him. But he was so banged up. And, I mean, how can you be a leader when you're sitting on the bench all the time because you're, you have injuries? Um, Alonzo's rookie year, like, he just looks like he's got that that leadership quality. Here's a kid. And look, he's a rookie. He's not, you know, he's not a multimillionaire yet. Uh, he's going to be, I would think, but here's a guy who, you know, and shame on major league baseball since we'll, we'll get into getting pissed off at people, but, and we've been off the air for a bit, but September 11th, 
that Major League Baseball does not let the Mets wear FDNY hats. They wanted yeah, to wear hats in tribute to, uh, you know, those men and women that, that did so much around 9-11 and, and all of them. I mean, I remember I had an FDNY hat. I mean, it was one of those signs of solidarity um, around 9-11, if you were alive in 2001, that like you were wearing those hats, like, thank you to our officers. Thank you to our fire department. Thank you to our EMS. You know, thank you. And the fact that Major League Baseball said, no, you can't. Like, I, I hate this bullshit in sports where it's like, no, this, the sacredness of the universe. You're like, you have them fucking using pink bats on Mother's Day. Like, if you just stop, like, I mean, just stop. But Pete Alonso went out and bought 9-11 tribute cleats for every single player on the team. And his pair of cleats are not going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. They're going to the 9-11 Museum. And I just think that, like, Jesus Christ, like, like and this, this kid does everything right. Like, I mean, it's just you know, again, being a Mets fan and having a lot of stuff that, that we're not so proud of uh, to watch how the season unfolded and how this kid has just jumped in with both feet and has become such a such an entity on the New York Mets. Uh, it's just been really refreshing. And, and he looks like, I mean, he came out after hitting number 53 and he looked like he was going to cry out in first base. And I was like, wow, like this, he's not like doing it for the money. Just, and I know he is, but like, I mean, all I have to <laughs> But, you know, when you, when you can have that sort of hope when you look at a player and you're like, wow, like, he, he loves this game. Like, he loves this game. He loves those fans. He, he loves what he's doing. It just was very refreshing. So, I just – I had to kick off the show and just congratulations, Pete Alonzo. I, I doubt he's listening, but if, if he is, congratulations, Pete Alonzo. And uh, if anyone who is listening knows him, tell him we express our congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Tell him if he wants to call the show. He is more than welcome. Absolutely more than welcome. Even though I'm a Yankee fan, I will gladly accept this call. But, you know, it's interesting, like, is, and, and talking about 9-11, you know, and, and we're going to talk some politics. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll end the show with some wrestling talk. You kind of, we'll, we'll go a little heavy and then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll lighten it up. But, you know, I wanted to talk, you know, 9-11 was interesting because I don't know why, but this year 9-11 hit me harder than it has in years past. I mean, it's always, it's just a day that, that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here, you know, it's funny after 9-11 people would do like, well, you know, my friend's brother's cousin's sister's aunt's best friend was going into the city that day and was almost in one, like, just stop. Like, you know, like we're all Americans. It all like hit us hard. You don't need to make these like false, you know, claims of like being there, being close and whatever. Um, so I admittedly, like, I, I didn't know anybody there. Thankfully, um, I didn't lose anybody. Thankfully, on 9-11, I know people who have, um, but it's still a day that just I remember it vividly, and, and it just it, it hits me every year. But this year was like, um, it hit me a little harder for whatever reason. I don't know why. I, I still don't know why. It just kind of, I just felt really depressed all day. Like, I was, so, I was really happy I, I brought my dog to work that day because I, I kind of needed him. Like, he was definitely my emotional support animal that day. Um but I, I was using the jumping off point where we are, like, uh, as a country and, and politicking, because I had seen this meme that said, you know, I, I you know, basically I would never want to go back to, to 9-11, but I missed 9-12, <laughs> where everyone was just uh, together. We were Americans. We were, sure. um, you know, we were looking out for each other. Everyone kind of knew what everyone was going through. And... Um, you know, I posted that, and I've kind of done, like, these informal studies where I start posting things in different places just to see the reaction. And it was interesting because posting it on my page, everyone kind of agreed with the sentiment. Everyone was like, that's, you know, I agree, and that was, you know, I wish we can get back to just at least being, 
you know, if, if we can't be, you know, agreeable, like at least be kinder to each other to yeah. a certain extent. Um, but other pages, like I got ripped apart by like these super leftists. And again, I can't say if this first time I listen to the show, I consider myself liberal. I lean left. But it was like um, they're I don't miss 912 at all when Islamophobia was was at its peak and people were getting rid of it. I was, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, like why does everything have to be a thing? Like it just, you know, and I don't doubt that that happened. And I don't doubt that there are people that probably had like really bad 912s. It was, it was kind of, you know, 912 was not like just the actual date. It was a metaphor for um, some togetherness and some, uh, I guess, the kindness that was going on sure. in this country um, that, that we're missing. And, and no doubt like Islamophobia um, spiked after that. I, I think it's, uh, it's a shame. Like don't blame America that blame the terrorists uh, yeah. blame the people who are extreme islamists who, who who did what they did because you know their whole plot was we're going to move to america we're going to pretend that we're in with everybody we're neighbors we're buddies and then we're going to blow shit up like that was so so naturally if if your if your plot was to blend in then gut reaction is well, someone else who's blending in, I wonder if they're planning something. So don't be mad at Americans and don't be mad at, at people who aren't Islamic. Be mad at terrorists. I mean, essentially, that's who you should be pissed at. But, you know, I, I, it was just interesting, like, looking at that and how, how we've gone so far in politicking. And, and I, I, you know, looking back at it in my informal uh, looking, I mean, I think that it probably started Clinton – I think we really started separating a lot where like both sides were like really like just shooting venom at each other, especially with the impeachment of Clinton. And I think every president since outside of maybe a year or so uh, post 9-11 with Bush, um, I think we've kind of been veering off in two different directions. And, yeah, and it's not it. just that, you know, I have my opinions on things like I have my opinions. And if you have different opinions, well, then I'll fuck are you, a young motherfucker. <laughs> And, and it just, it, it kind of like, it spoke to me when I posted that meme, you know, how different we are. And, and it's interesting that it, everything now is extremism. And, sure. and you know, I wanted to talk about, you know, certain things like, you know, one of the things that struck me, well, here's what happened to me this week. So, I was, you know, there's, there's Greta Thunberg, the environmentalist uh, girl who like spoke to the UN and, and uh, you know, interesting, her take on things and, uh, um, you know, good for her. She's found something she's passionate about. But one of the things I wanted to look at is like, all right, like there's a few things with her that I thought that really like kind of bothered me a bit. And and the one thing that bothered me is is coming from someone who works with someone with disabilities. And and she she is on, on the autistic spectrum. And I think like, look, if you disagree with her stance, it's fine. Don't make fun of her. Like that, that you're you're just you're kind of shit if you make fun of her. And you don't have a point. Um but if you if you look at like her when she spoke to the UN, I looked at someone who, look, one of the, the symptoms of, of autism, and she's Asperger's, mm-hmm. you know, is OCD and, and obsessive compulsive disorder. And I looked at someone who was a little bit obsessed with what was going on on the planet and what's going on with the environment and very doom and gloom. And I, I agree that there is climate change and I agree that we can do more uh, to help the environment, but I don't think the planet's going to, I, I mean, I do think there's a really good possibility that Greta is going to be 50 years old, still living on this planet. It's still existing. Um, 
you know, and, and it, it just frightened me because I don't know, I'm not going to judge her parents. I don't know her upbringing. Um, I know her parents, uh, at least her mom is, is a fairly popular actress, I believe in Sweden. Um, I just looked at someone who was really dangerously obsessed with something and it looked like she was borderline having a meltdown. I didn't look at someone who was passionately talking to the UN. I looked at someone who was kind of becoming a, a bit unraveled as she was trying to speak. And, and I thought that was scary. And, and so I admire that she has a cause. Uh, I do feel like as an adult, uh, when we look at things, you can't bash young people for being apathetic and then bash them for getting involved. Um, but she is a 16-year-old kid. Um, I'm not going to look at everything that she does as, as like law. Um, but what was interesting, that sent me down a path because I was like, all right, so Greta, the world's going to end like tomorrow if we don't stop driving her cars or some shit. So I'm like, well, let me, let me think about where we are as a planet because it's weird. And this is where like, you know, I'm all over the place. Basically. <laughs> There's so much I want to talk about. But coming off of, like I said, with 9-11 and how we've gone like in such – I feel like we're so separate with, with the way we look at things and things get so extremist that I believe, I do believe that humans are contributing to, to climate change. I, but I also believe that we've made changes and I believe we've gotten better. Even in my lifetime, in my, my short 47 years on this earth, as a kid, we didn't recycle. We didn't, that wasn't man. Like we recycle now. There are electric cars that exist now. Um, you know, so in my head, I'm thinking, well, we have done things, you know, we, we've done, I and mean, we can do better. You know, I know when I, in, in locally, when I walk over Congress Lake and I, there's a whole bunch of litter and shit, like that sucks and it pisses me off. Like, so we definitely can do better. But so it started me thinking and I'm like, well, are we doing better? Like, could we be doing better? And it's just, it's all doom and gloom, which led me like, basically it was like searching, like, uh, how are we doing? Which led me to Steven Pinker. And I was like, oh, like, who's this guy? And it's all these rabbit holes. And, and I'll tell you something funny. I'll get into Stephen Pinker, but the funniest thing is, like, I watched Stephen Pinker's TED Talk, was really intrigued by him. And I was like, I want to see what else, he, you know, what else he, he's been on. Like, I want to hear him talk about other things. So I do a, a Stephen Pinker search. Of course, I find him on Rogan. It, it all comes back to Joe Rogan. Everything <laughs> comes back to Joe Rogan. But Pinker does this TED Talk where he talks about that we're actually doing better. Mm-hmm. We are doing better yeah. as a whole uh, with everything. He talks about uh, the environment, uh, and he states he believes that there's such thing as climate change. He believes we can do better, but we are doing better. Po- as far as poverty goes, we are doing better. Um, as far as uh, racism and, and homophobia, we're doing better. Um, and he's got grass to prove it, and oh, he yeah. sounds a lot smarter than me. So I'm like, uh, there's okay. plenty of data out there. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was really interesting to to head down that path as I'm like, all right. Now, granted, there was a, a stat that came out that apparently the past 50 years they keep stats on the haves and have-nots, and the gap is bigger now than it's ever been. So it's not like everything is hunky-dory. I get it, man. I get like that. You know, there is racism, there is homophobia, there's some bad people out there, but you know, maybe we're not as bad as, as people would lead you to believe. I think that Trump is kind of, I started thinking, when I started thinking about it, I think Trump is kind of, you've, you've closed bars in your day, right? No. You know, closed bars. Uh, anyone on vision. Facebook thread of closed bars. Trump is kind of, like, when you think of, like, racism and homophobia and, and just just bad shit, like, I think of, like, 
when the lights go on when you're when you're closing a bar and you realize how unattractive everybody is <laughs> at that moment. Like I don't yeah, think yeah, I don't think we've gotten worse. I just think there are certain people that for whatever reason I should say whatever reason, but the way Trump conducts himself that people who are like closeted racists are like, huh, I'm gonna come out and be openly racist now because I think my president supports that. So I think that, that I don't think we've increased the number of racists. I don't think we've increased the number of, of, of bigots in this country. I think they might be a little more vocal right now. Mm-hmm. But it, it just I found it really interesting, like looking at Tinker and thing and, and like everything. It's like we, we are getting better. Like we don't have world wars. It's not like you know, we don't have things anymore where, hey, this country pissed me off. I'm going to go take them over. That's what should happen, you know, <laughs> centuries ago. It was like, oh, you did this. We're going to take you over. That's, that's just what we're going to do. We're going to get an army. We're going to march over your borders. And we're going to take over. And we're going to rape. We're going to pillage. And that's what we're going to do. We don't do that anymore. No. You know, wars are, are pretty minimal. Um, you know, and in all actuality, it's probably why tragedies like, like terrorist attacks and mass shootings are so horrific because things have gotten better. So when that kind of shakes the foundation of stability, it, it's, it kind of nails you like that much more. Um, but it was interesting. So, like, that kind of, like, Gretel led me down to Tinker, which, of course, because all roads lead to Rogan. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting that we're just, we're not as bad, and it's not as doom and gloom. And I, I do think when we look at, you know, it's, it's interesting when you look at Pinker's data um, to look at both sides. Because when you look at Trump and he gets elected on Make America Great Again, we've been getting better. We're, we're you know, I don't think we ever stopped being great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make America great again. Uh, that's a little bit of the bullshit. Um, but at the same time, the left needs to look at their own bullshit. And, you know, shit's not as bad as, as you're making it out to be. And I, and I do think when the left gets like that, and again, I admire someone like Greta who has decided to get involved. I admire the kids uh, who are, you know, marching for um, the kids of Parkland who are marching yeah. for uh, – gun reform. I mean, I understand you got shot at. I understand why you're prompted to like get out there and march. I, I, I appreciate um, getting involved, but I do think that you got to pump the brakes a little bit. And if you, if you, if you're always advocating in the land of hyperbole, it's tough for people to really listen to what you're saying. And I think for someone like Greta, if her message was, you know, we need to take care of the planet. We, it's where we live. We need to take care of the planet. So can we look at taking care of the planet better? You know, acknowledge some of the things we've done, acknowledge electric cars, acknowledge some of the things. And like, you know, I, I love the planet. I love the environment. Um, you know, can we stop overdevelopment? You know, can we can we look at like maintaining uh, parks? You know, can we can we look at, you know, places where there is deforestation? You know, can we can we, you know, look at what we're doing with endangered species? I mean, that's something that all right, I'm listening to you. But when you when you get up there and, and first off, you're yelling at people. And I think that that's why there needs to be a delineation with Greta. You need to, uh, I'll, once you put yourself in the public eye, now you're open for debate. Oh, absolutely. Don't make fun of her uh, because then you're not really, you're not thinking. You're just looking at a, a girl who's 16, who, who she does, she does look young for her age. And you're, you're kind of just, you, all right, what's your argument? Um, I think the doom and gloom doesn't ring true for a lot of people because when you're telling me the planet's going to, die soon. I, I, I don't believe that. I, yeah. I believe we can do better, but I don't believe the planet is, is going to, to die soon. And that's what it concerned me because I don't think 
she was fronting. I think she sincerely believes that. I think she's someone with autism that sincerely believes that the planet is going to die in her lifetime. I think that was genuine emotion coming in, which frightened me. I, I was concerned. I literally found myself concerned for her because I just saw someone who is not being told exactly what we need is that she read too much information. She's just thinking it's almost like someone who watches the news and sees all these shootings and just decides I'm never leaving the house because someone's going to shoot me as soon as I walk out the door. And that's essentially, I feel like that's her obsessiveness has come like I, I, the world's going to end and and I'm going to cry in front of the UN because I believe if these leaders don't do something, I'm not going to see my 17th birthday because the planet's going to implode. And that's, that's just not the case. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that when you looked at the emotion on her face, she genuinely bought the, 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 the gravity that was true to her hook, line, and sinker. That being said, I'm a bit more judgmental. I do question what the heck, you know, especially given given her uh, her mental issues, I do question what her parents have allowed to transpire. Simply because, you know, I, and I actually got into this debate with a friend of mine because, and I asked him, a, I asked him a straight out question: Would you let a normal sixteen year old pretty much sit there and pontificate to you about the world? My me, me personally, a perfectly even keeled normal sixteen year old, no. If a 16-year-old took a boat ride across the Atlantic, I think, wow, that's stupendous. Do I need to listen to you now pontificate about the world? No. You know, I'm, you know, while I will perfectly accept that children can be intelligent, children can be studious. However, the fact is, as a child, there is a, there is a lack of life experience that is there, no matter how much of a, you know, give, give the scenario that the child is a prodigy and is extremely well read that, that, that's great but especially at 16 the majority of your knowledge at least in my, in my view the majority of your knowledge is stuff that you have gleaned from your parents from your friends Like it, you simply haven't had enough lifetime to do that independent not only study but true reflection, true formulation of your own personal ideas, beliefs, uh, you know, that line of thinking, she may not have the time, you know, and to, to, to prop this girl up, like, I, I really put a lot of onus on the media for this, to prop this girl up, you, you're essentially making her a target, you essentially made her a target, because Politics, dirty business. Yeah. Absolutely dirty business. And especially in this day and age, it's that much of a dirtier business that you're going to, you're essentially going to throw a child up there and it's just going to, it's going to be ugly. Now, speaking to uh, Pinker's data, there's absolutely a lot of data out there that, yes, especially when you look at the U.S. as a country, we have been doing better. We've been doing better. That's a trend. That's a, a multi-year trend that we are doing better. And if you're speaking strictly of carbon emissions, you know, everyone wants to ignore the elephant of the room, but China is still leading yeah. carbon emissions 
past us and the EU combined. So if you, re- you know, if you really want to be serious, if you really want, you know, this is doom and gloom, this is the n- nightmare scenario, I'm sorry, but you got to point that somewhere else. You, you, you know, not our fault. Are we contributors? Sure, but we've been getting better. I, I, are, is there room for improvement? There's always room for improvement. I'm not arguing that. And I'm certainly not arguing against any technology that forwards, you know, environmental consciousness. No, I, I, I'm all for innovation. I'm, you know, hell, full disclosure, I'm an owner of Tesla stock. I believe in Elon. I think Elon's a freaking genius. I think what he's doing is stupendous. But, again, to sit there and be, you know, bloviate in front of the U.N., you know, my, my, my opinion of the U.N. being an ineffectual body notwithstanding, still, at least in my view, politics gets in more in the way than they do in providing solutions. I agree with you. I mean, I think you should be careful with your view on Greta because Weird Al kind of agreed with you. And yeah, that, 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 that was concerning. <laughs> that was concerning. Yeah, it's kind of one of those like, ooh. Um, but no, I, I, I think that like where she missed the boat a bit is, you know, there, there's a, there's a real difference between, and I agree with you, like a 16 year old is a 16 year old. And um, while I admire you getting involved um, again, once you're put and you're right, you become a target. Uh, you become a target uh, for people who aren't nice, who are going to pick up a physical attribute, a, a look, a, a thing and, and make fun of you, which is shit. Um, but you're also, you know, once you're in the public eye, you got to be willing to take on people who are going to disagree with you. Like that's just, and and you have to, you know, um, if you're her parents, um, you know, she has a dis- disability. Um, she doesn't have a typically developing brain. Um, on some levels, people with Asperger's are brilliant. So sure. I mean, you know, I don't know her well enough, but I do think you you're right. You you put her up there to be a target, and I think her speech. While impassioned, um, when you get on the world stage as a 16-year-old and, and kind of come off as, as lecturing, um, it ju- I just didn't think it was the best thing. And, and you know, she doesn't acknowledge any of the, the good um, while saying, but again, her it just it, it just looked like an OCD moment. It really did to me. And, I, and again, working in the field, I've seen it, where she like literally... I just think she believes the planet literally is going to implode on itself like tomorrow. Like, and, and, and that's, that's kind of what frightened me that someone needs to pull her aside and say, look, be an environmentalist, advocate for the environment. Good for you. It's a good cause. Everyone should have a cause they're passionate about. Um, but you're safe. You're safe. Yeah, so- you're, you're safe. The planet's going to be here, um, but we, we can make it better. So let, let's work on that. Let's work on, you know, small battles. Small, you know, like a, like Jordan Peterson says, it talks about the micro habits, clean your room, you know, yeah. like, like we're, let's work on something small before we're, we're changing the world here, you know, and I think that's one of those things where, um, you know, that needs to be looked at. I think it's 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 really interesting that all of a sudden now with her and then the, the big walkout and you know now we've had kids walk out of school to protest against gun violence, now it's kids walk out of school to protest climate change, like. Well, I wish I, you know, when I was in school, I had all these protests to just walk out of school and like, and it's weird because I, I got into, you know, like in North Rockland, there was, there's someone on that page that was, you know, or, or, or is a school letting people walk out for the protest? And like, it's by definition, it being a protest, like, 
No, you walk out if it's a cause you believe in. Well, yeah. And I, you take like, the punishment. Yeah, it's like, can I get a teacher's note? Yeah, it's like, 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 no. no. <laughs> that is not how protesting works. Like, it's just funny because as much as this generation, and I, I went back and forth with someone on another page where they're like, you know, baby boomers were the most selfish generation. I can't believe that, you know, people call our generation entitled. Like, number one, when the baby boomers marched, People threw rocks at them, okay? You know, the baby boomers, say what you will. I mean, because for some reason, nobody wants to acknowledge that Gen X is sitting there in the middle like, I'll fuck you both. Like, like just stop the both of you because the baby boomers just fucking retire so we can move up. And millennials, back the fuck off because this is our time to be in management. Then you get to take your spot. But... When you say that, like, the baby boomers were the most entitled generation, they essentially started the civil rights movement, okay? They were in the streets protesting the Vietnam War. There was a draft with the baby, like, when they protested, because you could just, guess what, you know, I know you, you thought you were going to school tomorrow, but you're going to Vietnam. Like, there was a draft back then. You know, that is absolutely absurd to say that the baby boomers were the most selfish generation. Look, look at the, just look at the sixties. You have the internet. Look at the sixties. There are people that literally died. Kent State died at protests. Baby boomers. They were the hippie generation. They marched. They marched for like everything, and they had really cool music and really cool drugs. You know that was the baby. So to think that all of a sudden, because you're skipping school. And walking around like saying, you know, some chant about the environment that like all of a sudden your generation is more involved than other generations. Stop it. The baby boomers had to get out there and protest without the internet. They didn't get a, get something to go viral and then look, we're all leaving school. They had to like grassroots that shit. They had to true, very true flyers and stuff. So, um, you know, so I mean, I and I and I did post something, and that's the thing with kids, and and you know, I hope parents and and I had this discussion actually with my dad. That, you know, my dad is very like, you don't leave, you don't leave school. And I was like, well, why not? He's like, well, you're going to And I said, but that's the job of, of the parents. Like, if my child, I'm not saying if I had a kid, my child wouldn't be in trouble for walking out. But you know what? If my child is walking out, I'm going to make damn sure that my kid really believes in the cause they're walking out for. And then they're not walking. And if, if I even get a hint that they're walking out because they want a day off of school, whoa. I can, I can fully admit here that if it was my mother, my mother being a 28-year retired New York City school teacher, she would she would not know you're staying in school. You want you you believe in something? Write a letter. Well, my my parents would have been the same way, and, and I do believe that there's sincere sincerely there's a lesson to be learned. I think the kids that walked out should be punished. I really sure. do because I think there's a lesson to be learned there. That, that part of civil disobedience is, is, yeah, is getting out there protesting and then taking the punishment that comes with it. Again, you want to bash the baby boomers, look at some of the shit that they went through. Like, they took their lumps in these protests. It wasn't all, like, flower, power, peace, and love. Like, there was a lot of shit that went down in the 60s when, when baby boomers were out there protesting. If you're going to walk out of school because of something you, you believe in, all right, good for you. Yeah, good for you. You take the punishment. And, again, as a parent, as a teacher – I'd be sitting down like, why did you walk out? Explain to me. Explain to me what you, what you think you did. And all right, cool, you walked out. What are you doing next? What's your next point of action? What are you doing tomorrow? What letter are you writing? What congressman are you calling? What are you doing? 
All right, well, if you just walked out of class, you're not doing anything. True. And, and, and they are kids, much to your point. They're kids. So they don't know any better. You know, I'm sorry. People who are like this generation, they're so up. No, they're still kids. They're still dumb 16-year-olds, just like every other generation before us. But it's the job of the, the adults in their lives to, to take them aside and like, all right, well, what do you, like, help them formulate their opinions. That's what education is supposed to be. Sure. Education is supposed to help kids grow up and, and learn how to formulate an opinion, how to look at facts, how to look at both sides of an argument and figure out where you land on things. Um, so I, I don't know if that's really being done. I think you have certain adults that are, you know, stupid kids stay in school and the conversation ends there. Yeah. And the other adults are, this is so wonderful. This is wonderful. Look at this generation. They're just, they care so much. You, you just, you just go, just leave school and just go. And they don't, they don't talk about it afterwards either. And I think there's somewhere in the middle yeah. is probably the right way to address it. And, I, and I'm kind of leery about how many adults are really and truly doing that. Yeah, as, as usual, the lesson is if you're on the extreme poles, you're probably a little nutty. Best to move a little bit more to the center and find a real solution versus just being black and white because Lord knows the world is not black and white. And our producer, Michelle, on the Facebook Live feed, um, like we didn't do this in the 90s, the rebirth of the hippies, peace signs. We, we all go through it as teens. <laughs> Check your ego at the door, millennials. Um, you know, but it is, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And it is, it does fall on. I mean, as much as kids are annoying and teenagers are annoying and I was annoying and, and very passionate about certain things, um, you know, growing up. Uh, but I, I think, and I don't think my parents, my parents just sort of taken the hard line. Like you need to just stay in school. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the, the right approach. I think it's somewhere in the middle. And sure. if, if you have a problem with kids, and you're, you're on your social media and you're like bashing kids. Well, bash the adults that aren't doing right by these kids because there, there are adults in these children's lives that should be helping them out, figure out where they're going uh, with these protests, with these passionate opinions. And I don't know if that's necessarily happening, which leads us to we know that just about, I would bet, 90% of the millennials out there um, probably hate Donald Trump um, because they want. Bernie in the White House, so he can pay for everything. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. It's, I, every time I hear that shit, I'm just like, I, again, it, it's so weird. It, it's a weird kind of time in our country that it's. I, I find myself very moderate with a lot of things, but if I talk with if I talk with my conservative friends, they're looking to revoke my middle aged white guy card. Like, I'm just, I'm out of the club, you know? Um, like, it, it's amazing when I, when I get into it, again, informal study. I should actually start, like, taking data. But, like, when I go to other pages or, or state something that leans left, you know, all these, like, and it's always the anti. Like, it's amazing how people just love negativity. Sure. That, so, so all the people that I know that are right love to jump on there and, like, oh, I got rah, 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 snowflake, rah, 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 rah. And anti, and I'm just like this, like far left hippie, you know, communist socialist bastard that, like, how dare you as a middle aged white guy think like that? And then, but if I go on with, like, if I post something that leans a little right, and I go on, uh, like, Vice News, they're like, the, the, I, I don't even know how they put news next to their shit because their, their shit is just garbage. Absolutely. They just, like, po post shit 
and the Young Turks too. Like they're I watch some of their stuff. They just they just want Bernie to win. That's all they want. Like yeah. just stop with the thinly veiled nonsense. Like you think you're doing a news report. It's just they just want Bernie to win, and it's just funny. So if I if I put something that I think is moderate on their page, oh I'm just like white guy that doesn't know anything. Stop being such a your white privilege, you know. And I'm like shit, man. Like I'm just like depending <laughs> on depending on where I post. Like I'm either a member of the KKK. Or just a bleeding heart snowflake, and it oh, just, yeah. it's all I can post the same thing. Sure, sure. And it's just hilarious. So, so it, it's funny with Bernie that like, why can't we just sit there and say like, there needs to be some reform in colleges. Tuitions have gotten out of control. Uh, we need to look at why tuitions are out of control. Maybe there's something we can do with tuitions, whether it's free or lowering tuitions in state schools. Um, but this idea of like. We're just going to forgive all student loans. But no, no, no. Like, pump the brakes. Like, I'm all for reform. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I really do. I think that it's, it's horrible when I think of, like, my two nieces and them going to college and, and what they're going to have to spend. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I went through it as much as millennials think to the first generation. We've talked about this before on the show. I remember getting out of college and getting the student loan. We, we had little paper books that we yeah, had to, yeah, and, and thinking like, holy shit, man, like I, I don't have a job, but I have thousands of dollars of debt. Now, not the first generation to go through this. Nope. And also you're probably Maybe not going to be the last. Um, so stop it. Like you, it's not, and I know college has gone up in, over the years, tuition has gone up. And then that's part of the problem because tuition has risen quicker than wages. Why is that? Why is that happening? I think that needs to be looked at Absolutely. and investigated, whatever the government can do to, to check why this is going on. I think that's 100% needs to be looked at. The extremism of, like, forgive all student loan debt, I, I, to me, is just, like, ridiculous. Well, I, I, I don't know if you've uh, seen one of the more recent meme, uh, you know, Bernie memes that have been out that, you know, me- memes, by and large, are for entertainment, but some of them do bring up a good point. And uh, the meme is one, is one of Bernie's tweets, basically saying, uh, you know, having an education isn't a crime. All, you know, we should forgive every single penny of student debt. And not, you know, people have jumped all over that. Owning a home is not a crime. Forgive my yeah, mortgage. Exactly. <laughs> well, owning a car is not a crime. Forgive my car note. It's freaking ridiculous. It's absolutely bloody ridiculous to think that. It, I, I, I honestly don't know how this isn't seen as bribing for votes. Like, really, it's really getting ridiculous. Because, I mean, number one, I don't think he can do it. Oh, yeah. Um, and number two, like, it, it's just it, – and then the, here's the thing that no one's talking about. And I think I've brought it up on the, on the show before. But, you know, if, if – I mean, college, you know, in this country, it's, you know, less people go to college than, than high school, obviously. It's like <laughs> you, you move up, you know. Um, and so, like, a college diploma is something that – you know, helps you get certain jobs. Sure. Um, it's something good to have when you go into the workforce. But a lot of times, like, you apply for a job, it's like you need a college degree. And I get that. But the bottom line is, if every single person, if let's just say for argument's sake, let's say Bernie wins, somehow he magically makes this shit happen, college is free. College is free across the board, across the country. All colleges are free. No more student loans. Everyone go to college for free. And the number of people that have, like, the number of jobs in this country is not going to change. True. The only thing that's going to change is the number of people that have college diplomas. 
So the job supply is still going to be the same. So now you're going to be, instead of being a high school graduate that can't get a job, now you're going to be a college graduate that can't get a job. So what's going to happen then? If everybody has a college diploma, what's going to happen? People are going to think, all right, what makes people special now is a master's. So more people start going for their master's. The master's is not free because that's not under Bernie's plan. But what happens a few years down the road when, like, student loan debt, because so many people need to get their master's to get jobs now because a college degree is not special anymore. Yeah. So the master's has to be special. Oh, now we got to forgive all student loan debt for people going for the master's. Don't we? It, it becomes this vicious cycle. Absolutely. There's, there's the same Absolutely. amount of jobs there. So you're kind of you're, – you're putting out this fallacy that, well, all of a sudden, if, if college is free – then you're going to, like, I didn't get a great job out of college. Like, it's not like all of a sudden the job market when you graduate is assured to be great just because now everyone has a diploma. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's kind of a, a silly, I, again, I agree with you. I don't understand how he's gotten this far on that and people believe it. Like, I, I just I don't think it's going to happen. Like, and, and I like Bernie on, um, on Rogan. You know, I think he's a guy that he, you know, in a soundbite world that we live in, I don't think he's great in that world. I think his sound bites, he comes off as, you know, someone's crazy grandpa. Um, but when you listen to him in long form, um, you know, I could buy into a lot of the stuff he's, he's proposing, but I just think this uh, forgiving loan debt's just not going to happen. It's just not realistic and, and it's silly. And for those of us who have paid back our student loans, it, it honestly, like, yeah, it would kind of piss me off. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, sure. yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> And what are you going to do for that? I mean, there are people that like, got, you know, are in the workforce now that they're struggling with other loans like that. You know, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. And, and honestly, I think, I think Bernie and Biden are, are like neck and neck, just grasping for that, you know, crazy grandpa trophy because, but you know, both of them, they, they can come out with some off the wall stuff. Well, probably Biden just seems to have like a lot of like missteps and just, uh, yeah. You know, he loses train of thought and stuff, which is not good when, I mean, reality. and I don't, I, you know, and I don't know, like, it's not good, you know, if you were younger and did that, it's people don't jump to your faculties right away. But when you're older and you kind of, you have a mistake here and you misquote something there, you know, it's like, uh-oh, like, is, is he too old to um, be president? What's interesting now is that, I mean, Biden is still the prohibitive favorite, um, but Warren is... It's interesting. There's a show on POTUS where it's, it, I think it's called By the Numbers or something, but they they do like it's just by the numbers, which is great. So you don't get like opinion, you just get facts. And when they're splitting up Democrats in this country by demographic, um, Warren's in second place in all the demographics. That's interesting. She's not leading anywhere, but she's second place, so she's the most consistent out of all the Democrats. What was really intriguing is. Like, it was something ridiculous where, like, older Democrats, Biden has, like, it was something like 60 or 70 percent of the vote. I mean, really high. I think right now, like, on the average, he's around 40. Um, for Democratic voters under the age of 30, he was, like, at 8 <laughs> percent. He was, like, well, and Bernie was leading that category, which oh, is interesting I that, like, the other old guy, but he's he's leading that category. But when you you when they divvied up like men, women, age, minorities across the board, you know, people like very like Biden is really popular amongst black Democrat Democrats. Um, so in that demographic, he was really popular. Um, surprisingly, like Bernie doesn't re resonate with 
with black Democrats. So it was interesting, like, listening to all the numbers. But Warren is right there in second place across the board, which is, that is interesting. really interesting to see um, what she's going to do. But, like, you know, as, as politics as the primary season uh, is, is rapidly approaching, um, we, we potentially have an impeachment. So it's like, like holy cow, um, which is just really – I mean, it's interesting, you know, doing the show tonight – and as, as we've changed formats and we're like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about just about anything. It was like, I really didn't have much of an outline for tonight, which was probably very obvious, but like there's more than enough shit to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Trump and, and what he's doing in his presidency, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think he's going to give us a lot more material to uh, talk about. Um, it's really interesting. I, I don't know where this is going to go right now. Um, my belief on this trying to be, and I did try to be, I mean, my beliefs, you know, side for the most part with, with the democratic platform, you know, I'm, I'm pro-choice. Uh, I think we should do, you know, more for the environment. I mean, you look at, you look at the platform. I, I agree mostly with the democratic uh, party, but I try to say as, as middle of the road as possible. I, I like to look at both sides. You know, we've talked here about the abortion issue. Um, I am pro-choice, but, um, I think if someone if, if someone's not politicizing it and they sincerely in their heart of hearts believe that abortion is killing a baby, I think it's someone you have to listen to. I mean, you have to listen yeah. to someone who sincerely believes that. And you know, my body, my choice is just this just this this stupid little feminist slogan that like I don't think it helps anybody to like you know scream that in someone's face. Um, I, there are people in this country that sincerely in the world that sincerely believe that you're killing a baby. You have to listen to someone who thinks that way um you know so i think we we, we should get um you know we should listen to people more so I, I i try to be more moderate and i'm trying to look at the impeachment proceedings the impeachment inquiry it's not officially impeached yet the impe- yeah. impeachment inquiry um objectively and you know i don't doubt it that they've been looking for trump to i mean slip up i mean that that's obvious um but you know in this country First off, Clinton was impeached for having an affair and, and perhaps lying about it under oath, um, which back then, I mean, again, looking back on that, I get it. All right, yes, if he lied under oath, it's, it's he's breaking the law, I get it. Um, it seemed really silly at the time that he was being impeached for having an affair. Everyone, not only did everyone know that, Bill can't keep it in his pants. Yeah. But I think most people like assume, I mean, I assume that everyone is cheating on their wife. And not the first president to uh, not keep it. Right, right, right. No, I, I honestly, I, I look at like, when I think of a president, I think of someone who is probably a poli-sci major. And did you know poli-sci majors? Yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't getting laid off. Probably. So yeah. when, when they finally have a little <laughs> bit of power, it's like, right, now, now the ladies now are the coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, you know, I tend to think that like, yeah, I mean, most of them probably aren't are the most scrupulous of, of, of individuals. And I think you do have to be a little bit cutthroat to get in the White House. So I don't necessarily look at presidents who have reached the pinnacle in this country of politics are necessarily good people. Um, so anyway, like I get it by letter of the law, why Clinton was impeached. I think it was fairly ridiculous. Yeah, I did. Um, and, and trying to be down the middle here, um, yeah, the stuff I'm hearing about Trump and the, the phone call, there's a, to me, what I've listened to, what I've read, it warrants an inquiry. I mean, to me, it does. Uh, and, you know, it's not, you know, I don't like Trump. 
Um, I don't think it's great. You know, I don't I think for being a citizen of this country to root for an impeachment is, is wrong. Um, ultimately, we all have to live here. We don't necessarily want, um, you know, our country falling apart. And, and honestly, like if, if Trump needs to be removed from office, if this plays out, that's not good for our country. Um, it might be good long term, but our president being removed in the eyes of the world, we're weak. Uh, we're, yeah. we're going through a lot of inter- I, internal turmoil. So, you know, long term, yeah, I get it. If Trump broke, broke the law and, and the investigation shows that he deserves impeachment and the Senate looks at it and they say, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, we need to remove him off this. Like, all right, that's that's why checks and balances are in place. Sure. Um, but to root for it, I don't know if that's necessarily the best strategy as, as a U.S. citizen. Um, that, that, that'll send this country into all sorts of turmoil. Um, if this happens, but I do think, looking at the evidence presently, that it it definitely warrants an inquiry, and we'll see where it unfolds. I just look at Trump as a guy who no no experience in politics, probably not well versed on all the rules and laws and policies and things he has to follow, and what constitutes abuse and power. He's used to running his corporations wherever the fuck he wanted to and doing whatever he did. And he's the head of this corporation we call the United States of America. And I think he runs it less like a president and more like a CEO. And the art of the deal. I'm wheeling and dealing. I'm, yeah. I'm doing this to get that. I'm going to do this to get that. I'm going to promise this to get that. And and I think it's it's second nature for him that, you know, this could be wrong. And I'm not shocked that he would do it. Yeah, so yeah, I sure. think it warrants an inquiry. Well, yeah, it, you know. Inquiry, what have you, and for full disclosure for our listeners out there of the Ken Reedy Show that are just joining in or are newcomers, I do lean right. Uh, I'm more, I consider myself more libertarian than anything else. Uh, I can agree with an inquiry, but, you know, I know we were having this discussion uh, uh, pre-show. I don't think it's going to lead where uh, the majority of Democrats wanted to and the own. And again, full disclosure, I have not followed everything that was uncovered or what's currently uncovered. The only thing I'm basing this opinion off of is the reluctance of Nancy Pelosi to actually announce, yes, we're going to start an inquiry. Because I would think that Nancy Pelosi has been chomping at the bit has been absolutely just waiting for that opening in order to start some sort of impeachment hearing. And at least from, from the limited things, stuff I've read, she was very reluctant to do that in this case. So something tells me, and it may come out in this inquiry, it may come on further investigation. Something tells me it's not as rock solid as some folks would want to believe. But I, I, I'll, I'll reserve judgment for, for when the information comes out. Well, I, and I agree with you. Um, and, and, but that's where, like, I'm disheartened. And this goes back to, like, at the, you know, the beginning of the show where I'm talking about, you know, where we've gone as a country and how separate we are. And what's really um, disheartening and disconcerting, and even when you see the people on, on social media, you know, the, the people who lean left are like, we're going to get them. And the People on the right is, you know, the, the, the Senate Republicans will never uh, remove him from office anyway. This is a wild goose chase, blah, blah, blah. And, and to me, I'm just trying to look at it as, as this is what checks and balances were there, were there for. Absolutely. And you know, Nancy Pelosi's reluctance, I can appreciate. Um, I, I 
when I kept hearing things like the Democrats don't want to impeach because it could hurt them in 2020, that shit bothers me because that, that shouldn't, that shouldn't, these are our leaders. Like that should not come into play. And the Senate will never remove Trump from office. No, that shouldn't come into play. Like it, it shouldn't be, well, he's our guy. Um, we should, if there's enough evidence to warrant an impeachment, he should be impeached, period. I don't give a shit what party he's part of, and, and it shouldn't come into play, well, this might dam- damage the Democrats in 2020. No, no, no. It shouldn't be, because in essence, you're almost like backing off, and, and it's kind of exactly like Trump is in trouble for trying to do something for political gain. And you're thinking about not doing something because it might hurt you politically. It, it's kind of in the same ballpark. It's not, it's not the same exact thing, but it's kind of in the same ballpark. Like the Constitution is telling you, if you have evidence that says that this president is abusing his power and he did something, whether it's against the law or against policy, whatever it is, and you're, by your reading, you have your caucus together, and you're, he deserves to be impeached. Not, for one second, you should not be thinking of November 2020. You should just be thinking, we impeach. And, and, and this is my problem with politics. Right, exactly. It, 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 it's a constant tug of war from my, you know, your side versus my side, my side versus your side. It, it, it's not about it. Somewhere along the line, and, and maybe, you know, maybe this stopped shortly after we established ourselves as a nation. And that's a sad thing to think about. But somewhere along the line, it became less of what's going to carry this country forward, what's going to carry America forward, and became what are we going to say? What are we going to keep for us? What power are we going to amass for our our team? It became our team versus their team. Right. And yeah, we're all Americans, but I'm on Team A Americans, and you're on Team B Americans. And that is my problem with politics. That's what makes me embrace libertarianism more i am i do not trust the government one iota because it it seems to me the more i read and these days i'm reading a lot of jordan peterson a lot of thomas soul a lot of milton friedman uh, these days uh career politicians to me are not people to be trusted i think term limits across the board for every single thing because Mm. you know the people, these people in power, they're number one, no matter what altruistic uh, bandwagon they're jumping on at the moment, I always keep in the back of my head, their number one priority is to keep power in my pocket. Right. I, I agree with you. And that, that's a problem. And, and I agree that like, we should be looking at term limits. And, and getting back to what I was saying with, with the House, by the same token, if, if there's enough evidence where you know, Trump definitely broke the law, Senate needs to remove him from office. It doesn't matter that he's your guy. And that, that's what's scary that, like, when you're talking, when the more of the talk with, with impeachment is, you know, Democrats, it's this could hurt me in 2020. Yeah. And Republicans, it's like, well, we have nothing to worry about because the Senate will never remove him. And that's just bullshit. If he broke the law, Senate needs to remove him from office. Period. Yeah. Don't give a shit what party you're part of. The, our forefathers did not create the Constitution, did not create checks and balances, did not create impeachment proceedings. Say well, you know, if you if you if you kind of like the president, then you know you don't have to remove him from office. I mean, it's 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 just the absurdity of, you know, we're looking at this continued like party lines. It needs to be a a, a, a 
just, just like you'd investigate any crime. And if the evidence says that he's guilty, then he needs to be removed. If it says he's not guilty, then you keep him in office. But it's, it's, you know, it's just going to play out unless the only way the Senate, if, if they go through and they get the impeachment, the only way he gets removed from office is if the evidence is so overwhelming that Republicans start to, but again, it's politics. It will only be if Republicans start thinking, if we side with Trump, we're going to be on the wrong side of history. And if we side with Trump, I might not get reelected. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's to be your how, point. How much damage control right. can, can we do? A hundred percent. It's going to be if, if there's so much evidence and it starts coming out and, and these politicians, these senators start listening to their base and in their base, they're starting to hear rumblings of he needs to leave. Trump needs to leave. And they start thinking, shit, I might not get reelected if I fall on Trump's side now. That's the only way, which is just blows my mind that to me, that's the only way we're going to see that, which is why I think it's important for people to be informed sure. and pressure your senators and congressmen uh, what you think should happen. Uh, because you're right. I, the only thing that will speak to them is, shit, if I back Trump, I might not get reelected. It's time to cut ties. And that would be, and look, Trump, he's not an old school Republican. I mean, Trump, like, was he been a Republican like 40 years? I mean, you know, when I, when he say he was a news Democrat for years, he may have been independent for a while. So he's not like, you know, entrenched in the party. Um, it would be just politically, this is going to be suicide if we side with Trump. And even if Trump gets reelected, we're all not going to, we need to cut ties. That's the only way he's going to get removed. Well, yeah, no, and look, politics is funny that way because it's funny. It's funny you say about you know Trump being a Democrat, then being an Independent, then being a Republican. Even in our local politics here, you have some some representatives that are are coming up for the vote in November, and they're on the Democrat the Democratic side. Yeah, it's weird. The Democratic ticket and on the Republican ticket. It's it's, it's bloody unbelievable. Okay, we can get someone on here like from local politics that just. That can make heads or tails. Like, like, I, I couldn't you know, believe when I heard that. I couldn't believe. Yeah, it's crazy. Local politics, like, is, you know, doing the show, and I, I want, we're getting local politics. I just wanted to bring up the authors you're, you're reading, and I'm reading some Peterson, and I've just gotten into Pinker, and I want to pick up one of his books. But I do think that people now, especially now, where we're at as a country, start reading thinkers. Absolutely. Start reading, you know, people who are looking at issues, and, and they're looking at them logically, and they're thinking these things through. Stop listening to politics. Stop, stop, get off social media. Stop <laughs> doing that. Just start to look at issues based on facts and figures and, and people who are smarter than you and how they look at things. I, it's really opened my mind up to, you know, broadening my opinions on things. And again, it doesn't change. I'm still, still Democrat, still left. You know, I still have most of my political beliefs. But listening to and, and reading intellects have definitely changed a lot of how I look at things. And Jordan Peterson's, you know, clean your room. Uh, Get your life in order. Get your your shit together. You know, if your shit's not together, how are you supposed to presume to tell somebody else how they're supposed to conduct themselves if your if your stuff's not together? And that's like one of the biggest piece of advice, like from Jordan. I think is awesome that you know you, you need to get your life together and get your you know clean your room is kind of a metaphor, yeah. um, but I think that's really important that you know start off small. Start off with those micro habits that if you if you believe, if you are a young person and believe so wholeheartedly that we need to do something for the environment, we really need to, you believe that climate change is, is, a, is needs to be rectified, whether you want to, whatever your timetable is, and you think that, you know what, like, clean up your town. 
get a group, you know, go back to your, your high school, get a group together and, and go to the local park and pick up the litter in, in your local park. You know, if, if every single community in this country, in the world, had groups that were making sure that, you know, litter was picked up and like the world would be a better place. And, and I think it speaks to the quality of Jordan's writing in that someone who leans left, like you, and someone who leans right, like me, can read the same text and still gather a lot of information from it. Right. And the funny, like he, it, it's interesting the people that I'm finding and, and listening to and reading because it's funny because the left and right both hate him. Where I'm like, and I have found myself kind of thinking, probably because of Jordan Peterson, that if I'm pissing off people on the left and the right, I'm probably on the right track. I'm, I'm probably on the right track. So, um, you know, I think that's important. And, and local politics is just, you know, it's funny, man, because like local Republicans, if you tell local Republicans, you know, we need to stop overdevelopment because we need to care for the environment, they will scoff at you. But if you tell them that we need to stop overdevelopment because of the Hasidic Jews, well, hell, they are on board with that. Um, and, and it's just been crazy. I mean, you, you saw the Storm is Brewing video. I did see right? the Storm is Brewing. Um, for those who aren't from Rockland County, um, it's been crazy politics uh, here. We've made national news. Um, and, and doing the show and getting involved, again, the whole, you know, clean your room metaphor if I'm going to be on this show, if I'm, if we've gone to, you know, talking politics and everything else, you know, wrestling politics, we talked baseball today and everything else in between, I feel like I got to do something. I can't just, you know, talk the talk. I got to walk the walk. So I'm like, all right, let me go look at uh, local Democrats and, uh, you know, try to get involved in local politics. And uh, in the midst of like me deciding to get involved, this whole controversy happened and, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting dilemma because I have always been against overdevelopment in this county. Uh, when I moved here as a kid, there was definitely a lot more trees and a lot less buildings and a lot less housing. Um, the overdevelopment in, in Ramapo has, has become uh, the, the sticking point. Um, and, and it's a tough, it's a tough kind of, road to, to, to look at because there's no doubt like the, the video people who interpreted the video as anti-semitic i get it there was no actually anti-semitic language but the, the video the tone was true um it was there if you're going to look at that video and say the tone was not anti you're lying to yourself okay the, the facts the facts were there I'm not gonna lie about the facts like they, they it, there was a lot of facts that were, they were spot on um there were no out and out lies but um, look, like I think we're all we all should be smart enough to understand subtext, to understand themes, to understand the vibe of something. And, and the vibe of that video is definitely anti-Semitic. It wasn't just we're against overdevelopment. So it's been interesting. Like the the Republican Party, for the most part, in, in Rockland County, is using this as as like their rallying cry. Um, Whereas it's kind of become like directed at a certain group of people, which has kind of been interesting because I, I feel like it's put the Democrats kind of on their heels and all the Democrats are doing now going to Democratic committee meetings. Most Democrats are we're also against overdevelopment. We're, we're kind of all on the same page. But what's happened is the Democrats have been put in a position where the Democratic Party has to condemn the anti-Semitism. But we're not coming out and saying, but this is what we're for. So it's it's right now the 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 anti-development sentiment which most Rocklanders agree with is is largely being received. The message is largely coming from the Republican Party, and the Democrats are just kind of sitting back saying, uh, 
you guys are being anti-Semitic. But we're not coming out and saying, but we are also against anti, we are also against overdevelopment, which I think is a major mistake of the Democratic Party yeah. uh, in, in this county right now. But it's, it's so, did you ever watch the show Parks and Rec? I have watched on occasion. Getting involved in local politics, I gotta watch. I gotta go and binge it again because now I know like what local politics like. <laughs> it's it's just I went to local the local debates a few weeks ago, uh-huh. and no joke. Like this is the local debates, and I, I hope this is making for interesting radio. They all graduate to wrestling at the end of the show, but I went to the debates, and first off, this guy who was running the debates from from the Congress Civic Association. Starts up the debates, tells everybody, everyone gets an opening statement. Everyone, after everyone gives their opening statement, everyone will be asked a question. And then after you give your response to the question, then your opponent will get a rebuttal. And that's how they'll go through the, the debate. So Dan Garcia, who's, who's running for councilman, he's running for our ward, um, was first one up. And they call him up. And no joke, first thing, the guy gets his name wrong. He gets his name wrong. He says, like, we're going to go with Mike Garcia, which is funny because he's running against Mike Graziano. So he said Mike Garcia, and it was like, okay, which one? You took, like, one last name and one first name. Um, and, it, and then finally, we, we, when it was finally established that he was, he was going after um, – it's my dog barking. I don't know what's going on. But uh, when he, he got that it was Mike Garcia's Mike, – I said Mike Garcia, Dan Garcia's turn. Then what happened was – he asked him a question. So Dan, like, basically, like, got his whole opening, like, his whole opening statement got cut off. Lovely. So poor, poor Dan was kind of, like, trying to find his way right off the bat. Like, and, and eventually, like, you can tell he got a little thrown off, but then found his way and made some comprehensive points. And, uh, you know, and then somewhere in the middle of the debates, the, the moderator, the moderator decides to tell us a story about how he needed a, a light at a crosswalk fixed and how he called the state. The state didn't get back to him, so he had to call the state again. They didn't get back to him, and he needed the crosswalk. And I'm just like, are, are we really listening to this? Are we really listening to him like call, tell us a story? He's not a candidate. He's the <laughs> moderator. And then as we're so, as I told like national news, right? Overdevelopment, the acidic community in Ramapo, the Republicans being anti-Semitic, like everything. This, this, a storm is is coming, and then there was a, and then there was like a, like hate packages, I guess, like dropped on the lawns of like yeah. Republican candidates. I mean, all this shit made national news. Okay, Rockland for for bad reasons because nobody knows that Rockland even exists. Most people who live in New York, like in the city, is like that's just part of upstate. Yeah, that's which what pisses off people from Rockland. That's upstate. So, I, all he never asked any questions about overdevelopment. The moderator never asked anything about overdevelopment. Okay, midway through. The debate. This is what he asks. So, New York State environmental law that they're they're looking to do away with plastic bags. Um, they're looking into like they want people to use reusable bags, mm-hmm. but they said they will have paper bags. But paper bags will come with a five cent per bag charge. Okay, should the charge be passed on to the consumer? That was the question. Yeah. For everybody, for people running for councilman. For people running for town supervisor, for people running for highway department, everyone got the question. We spent about 45 minutes on paper or plastic. With all the shit going on in this county, we're talking paper or plastic. And I get it because what happens is when you're in that world, 
Okay, you're up there on stage, and somebody comes out and says, well, this is what I feel. Uh, then I was like, well, I need to rebut now. So now, like, everyone had to, like, go. And I'm like, are we really doing this? Are we really talking paper or plastic? But that, that's been, like, getting involved in local politics. I'm like, okay, so this is what. There you go, local- my growing hate <laughs> <of> the politics. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been really fascinating to watch all this because I, I think it's, you know, as you say, you hate politics. I think what, what the Republican does, which, whether you like it or not in Rockland County, they've set the narrative. They put the Democratic Party in, in Rockland on their heels. They've, they've come out strong against overdevelopment. Um, they've come out with – some people have come out with, like, you know, the video is questionable. Some of the, the rhetoric that you hear is questionable. Um, Pete Bradley, who is in charge of our ward, have no idea what he's done for our ward, but he is – Championing the cause of overdevelopment in Roundhill. Okay, but I think he's he's tapped into that. It's a people are passionate about it. It works for him. So it's like, yeah, he's not running for re-election. I, I would all but bet money he's going to run for something. There's something up his sleeve. Apparently, like he couldn't like his job. He got a promotion or something, so he couldn't he couldn't do it anymore. I just he's putting himself. The guy has never met a camera in life. Uh, he's a councilman in charge of a ward, and he's become the man That's championing the, the yeah. He's been the man championing the cause against overdevelopment. So I would bet money that that dude is going to run for something down the road. But again, like it, it's subterfuge. Like no one's asking what what has Bradley done for our ward. He's he's uh, like what, is he advocating for us in Congress and Valley Cottage? What's he doing for our ward? But people are in this county are falling in love with him because he's anti ramapo so it's just, it's just really fascinating to watch how that that whole narrative is is being woven here. And as you say, that's why you hate politics. It's just interesting that the, the Republican Party in Rockland County has set the narrative, and that's that's all that the voters care about is is who's who's against overdevelopment. And the Democrats have just been, which again, rightfully so, against anti-Semitism, which is yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but you also got to weigh in on. Well, what are your feelings on like zoning? And they, they, you know, at times when pressed, yes, I think, you know, typical answers are, of course, you know, I think everyone should have to follow zoning laws. Every group should have to follow, uh, you know, these policies and these laws and blah, but they're not coming out strong enough um, in in their stance on this. And so I think, I I think the Republicans are going to do some serious damage like this election uh, because they just, they've set the narrative. Um, so it should be interesting how local politics, uh, how, how local elections wind up um, unfolding. Um, well, I, I also think it, it, the reason why the narrative works is because the problem is very visible. Uh, I've had this conversation a, a bunch of times with a couple of my friends, you know, especially when you look at, you know, the local, when you look at Rockland County back in the 80s, you know, compare Rockland County in the 80s versus now. And holy smokes, we have so much more now in terms of housing, in terms of, uh, you know, commerce, shopping, the whole nine. We, we have literally grown two to three times what we were in the 80s, at least. I, I'm being very, very conservative. So when you, when you say things like overdevelopment, it's visible. Like, I can look, I can look at an area of like, well, now it's a big strip mall with a shop right and this, that, and the other thing. But I remember when that was all trees. And I can look at that house, that housing development, and I can remember when that was all forest land and deer and walking paths. 
So it's something very visible. Now, I think absolutely the Republicans went a little bit overzealous. Uh, I, I also think part of politics becomes a big tit for tat. Yeah. Because if, you're, if you remember that there was a, a video put out before that called the Jew and Rockland, that it seemed it painted Rockland in a very unflattering light as if everyone, just the whole count or, or, or the majority of the county, which is right. very, very anti-Semitic, was very, very, and a lot of people got flushed by the video. So I think what, I think, I'm speculating what the Republican Party did. They played a tit for tat. And, you know, sometimes politics can devolve into something so juvenile as that. When, when in reality, when you look at both sides of the coin, everyone can generally agree what the destination is. But people have a problem with the path to get to that destination. And that, the, the devil is in the details. That's what people just argue about ad nauseum over the smallest little minutia. And that's what bogs down politics locally. It's what bogs down politics at, 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 at upper levels, which is why where the philosophy comes, the, the, the bureaucracy and more politicians just gums up the work that much more versus less and putting down the decisions to fewer versus more. Although you can make the argument that with more people in the decision-making process, more inclusion, more diversity, and you know, big buzzwords these days, inclusion and diversity. But unfortunately, with that, you, the machine starts to become so unwieldy. It's just you're running around in circles. Well, and I think like part of the problem is, and this is where I feel like the Democratic Party in Robin County is coming off as weak, because. It's, it's, it's really become the Hasidic community versus the Republicans. That, that's like essentially, and the Democratic Party is just kind of off like, a, almost like a third party, like a third party. You know, like, I mean, I know that Weider is a Democrat. I mean, he's a registered Democrat. But let's face it, like his, his alliance is not to the Democratic Party. His alliance is to his Hasidic community. Like sure. that's his, and I'm, I'm not judging him for that. I'm just saying that's fact. Like yeah. if he, if the Democratic Party said we're we're going in this direction, and it was against or anti something he believes in based on being a Hasidic, he would go with the Hasidics. He would not go with the Democratic Party. His allegiance is with his Hasidic community. Um, and I, I agree. Like the Jew in Rockland, like there is that narrative that Weider likes to put out there. That everyone else in Rockland is, is an anti-Semite, which is just not the case. It's just not the case. Um, but it's easy and it's convenient. And whenever so you have essentially Weeder who is going out there vilifying a county, yeah. which obviously is gonna piss people off. And then you take that that group of people that are pissed off, and the GOP is being like, Well, we're pissed off too. We're on your side, we're not all anti-Semites, they're overdeveloping. And that's rallied the troops there. So you have like two like sides, like you have a religion, which obviously that's going to be a very tight knit group that are are believing in their cause where, and this County is not made up of anti-Semites. But then you have the GOP that's kind of stoking that little fire and, and, you know, people are angry and impassioned. We're going to stoke that a little bit because people who are angry and impassioned are going to get out to vote. People who maybe don't vote in local elections. If we get them angry, 
we'll get them out there. But that's why I feel like it, it's literally like in the Democratic Party is is kind of like, well, yeah, we don't like overdevelopment, but 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 don't be mean to to the cities either, and, and don't we'll just kind of hang back here and we'll try to talk about certain issues, but nobody really wants to listen to the actual issues, and we're just kind of, yeah, okay, you know, and even like stuff like you know we saw the clocks down there, they're looking at a 3.9% uh, tax hike. Saw that. Yeah, that 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 doesn't get nearly. As much attention as a storm is coming, and that like it's it's there are other issues going on in this county, in this town. You know, this town Clarkstown is, if not last, close to last as far as towns in this in this state as far as their economic well-being. Like that's frightening. Absolutely. And and so now we now we got another like we pay enough in taxes, but that's like that's like a footnote. It's a footnote now compared to like what's going on with overdevelopment. Which is why politically, and I keep going back to this, why I hate politics, but, <laughs> but politically, it's it's a good move. It's a good move. I mean, let's say, I'm not saying I agree with it, but the Republicans and what they're doing as far as stoking the seed or planting the seeds of controversy and, and letting that, 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 that controversy grow and grow and getting people all like pumped about, about that controversy is smart because it's going to get people out to vote. It's going to get out people to vote Republican. Um, is it the best thing for the county? I don't know. I don't. I don't like overdevelopment. I certainly don't like uh, 3.9% tax hike. Nope. Um, so I'm anti both those things. <laughs> um, and, and I'm pro dog. I wish. I wish I could bring my dog to more parks. So I mean, <laughs> and these are all those are issues that are just not being talked about. That's a reedy platform. Exactly. <laughs> I, I am so curious, like what it would be like to run for for local office. Oh. I just think it would be uh, quite an interesting journey just oh, to kind of like kind of do that. I mean, I don't know. Like, even just like going to the debates, I'm like, huh. Wonder, wonder if I could could pull this off. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really fascinating to me to to watch it because it, it's it's extensive tribalism, and we've talked about the tribalism on on the show uh, before. But in this county, you can see it that the and I get it. The Hasidic community is a very tight knit community, and I get the whole idea of you know when they get you know they're putting up a school, they're putting up a school for only their community, like sure. school going up. For the Hasidic community is not like everyone in the county is going to get to benefit from it. It's, it's your true. community, which, you know, again, and this is not an anti-Semitic view. It's just if tax dollars are going to something, it should be helping the most amount of people. I'm not against you and your religion and, and what you choose to do, but if I know my tax dollars are going towards something, I want it to be for the broader good. Well, yeah, um, sure. And that's part of it. But if you look at what's going on in this county, it is extensive tribalism. It's in, and obviously the Hasidic community is a tight knit tribe, um, and they stick with each other. They they live together. They they, um, you know, they, they they dress alike. I mean, it's it's very just it's a very tight knit quote tribe, um, which essentially is almost against like the rest of Rockland and and Rockland and and the GOP is kind of rallying their tribe. And and right. it's an us and them kind of thing, and it's everything we've talked about as far as the country and and liberalism and and then tribalism in this country and everything going on. Like you can really see, like the microcosm of that in Rockland County, how things are unfolding locally, and and the anger that I mean, people are pissed. Oh, oh I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It, 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 it inflames past a legislative that. meeting that occurred um, to talk about all this stuff. Like wound up like you couldn't get in. There was like hundreds, if not thousands of people that tried to get into a, a local legislative meeting. By contrast, though, when they were talking about the the tax hike, 
you, you, you could get in. Crickets. So, I mean, it, it is interesting that, like, you know, with George Holman, the, the town supervisor, who is a Republican, like, we can sneak in the 3.9% tax hike. Um, you know, we, we're running a deficit under, under his watch, but we'll just, we'll kind of, we'll whisper about that financial stuff, but we'll, like, pound the pulpit with over the vote. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Overdevelopment. Exactly. It totally is. And it has like people snowed. We're like, all right, the tax sucks, but I'll pay that because overdevelopment is bad. <laughs> it's just weird. And I, I just find it, and I'm not saying that like the Democrats across the board, like, I, you know, I think there should be a mix, especially in local politics of, of both sides. Um, but it's just it, it's wild that like could you can you you not see that this is a bit of a smokescreen? I'm not saying it's not an issue, but but the 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 passion that it's being talked about with is definitely a a, a political tool. Oh yeah, and I do I do find it funny when you do look at the Hasidic community, and you you have that talk of putting up uh, yeshivas, and you have that talk about putting up housing. You know, especially in this day and age of inclusion, of diversity, you get very little argument about the non-diversity in the yeshiva or, or the non Let's brush that aside because it's a specialized school, granted. But at least in the housing, you get very little complaint about the non-diversity in the housing because you think, okay, I want to put up a housing, a housing unit of 60 units. And... At least if you're building in, say, New York City or you're building somewhere else, you know, what's your percentage of low-income renters? What's your percentage of, you know, they, 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 they due to the local uh, ordinances and whatnot, they kind of chop it up as you can rent this many units to this group, you can rent this many units to this group. You don't really have that conversation in, in when it comes to the city community, but they don't get, they don't get, Razzed as a normal developer would, I find that interesting. Well, I agree with you, I and mean, honestly, I don't know enough about like the laws and, and yeah, I, legality yeah, and the I policies to say. But and 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 I I don't know. I, all I know is that it is a very tight knit community. I don't sure. know. I don't even know. I, I was friends. I mean, growing up in this area, and that's why, you know, I take offense when you start calling like Rocklanders like anti-Semitic, like. Most of my friends were Jewish growing up here, you know. Um, not it was it was weird because like Congers, I uh, grew up in Congers, and Congers was much more Christian, Catholic kind of vibe, and your city was more Jewish. Um, so in, in when I went to Clarkstown North, like there's a mix there. Yeah. Um, and most of the friends I, I made were Jewish, you know. And I, I remember very fondly going to like my my first bar mitzvah and. Uh, you know, my, my best friend that I still, you know, I'm, I got to see Todd. Todd, my, 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 my buddy Todd, who um, he still lives in New, he lives in New City. Um, he was my best friend, like, growing up. You know, I met him in junior high school and then stuck with him, and, and we're still in touch now. We don't see each other nearly as much as we should, but, you know, and he's Jewish. I mean, so, so to look at Rockland, um, you know, I mean, it's not – anti-Semitism exists, absolutely. I mean, it exists oh, there, sure. but I, I do think that there's – there's, there's a, you know, when you look at Clarkstown North, where it really is, you know, Congers is, is a much more Christian kind of town, and your city is predominantly Jewish, uh, and they mix in that high school, and you don't see, like, like fights all the time, and you don't see, like, you know, they're not burning crosses on the football field. I mean, 
they, they coexist. So I think for the most part, we, we coexist. And then we should be able to have a difference of opinion without being labeled anti-Semitic. And that's where Weeder, to me, is wrong. Yeah. You know, the minute you disagree with them, he wags his finger in your face and says you're anti-Semitic. And that's that's wrong. And it's not you're not being an advocate. You're you're spreading your own special brand of hatred. It doesn't come off as hatred because you're not obviously burning that cross or wearing a white hood. But it's the same thing. You're sitting there with your group and you're saying, well, if you disagree with me, then then you're a bigot. Yeah. And, no, and that's that's not fair. Like we need to have a discussion. But. Uh, I think in Rockland right now, we're far beyond discussion. I just hope we don't get to the point where things get uglier. Yeah, true. Um, true. Right now, we're just yelling and posting mean things, and nice. people are saying, vote, vote H and I. That's, all, that's the only thing also with Democrats, you know, and, and I, I wish we were stronger. I see everywhere in Rockland, vote Rose H and I. That's a, the yeah. – uh, the, the the candidates, I don't even know, like, again, like you're saying, candidates are in different parties. I'm trying to make heads or tail out of what the hell the ballot's going to look like. But, like, there's no there's no Democrats that are posting, vote these rows, or this candidate is on this row. Like, it's, why are we not, you know, more out there just saying, no, 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 wait, wait, like, there are two parties here, you know, or multiple parties, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of, I just feel like right now, getting involved, I just feel like we're, we're coming off as weak in this county. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I kept looking. I'm like, we're not getting this. <laughs> yeah, we are not getting into wrestling at all. So bad. But we, we really wanted to get into wrestling, but I guess taking like a few months off was just, uh, yeah, it was kind of tough to get to wrestling. Um, Sundays were tough as I started working on Sundays so every now and again. So we might wind up changing the day. I don't know. But SmackDown is coming to Fox, so I think it's going to be a great show. You know, maybe next week we'll react to because we got Kofi against Brock Lesnar, um, which uh, we talked a little bit off air. Um, should be interesting. I mean, I don't know what you do storyline wise. Um, I don't think you can have Kofi win clean over Brock, and that's a, a, the extent of the wrestling conversation. I think it's a tough sell. Yeah. I think you brought up the really good point that new viewers that are watching wrestling on Fox to see that little shit beat Brock Lesnar immediately it's like this is unrealistic I can't watch this so I think you gotta you gotta take in WWE needs to take into account a Fox audience in addition to a wrestling audience and some of the stuff that you've let slide in recent years beat him down to a DQ right you can do that you, <laughs> you can do totally that. do that yeah have him kill him yeah just have him kill him <laughs> homicide in the ring people, people will definitely tune in the following week <laughs> And we're done. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. For Rocky, I am Ken. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.